Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Wendy Williams hid a sexual assault case for years. Details have been revealed in the Tupac Rape case. And what did y'all think of the Monique Rowland interview? What's good, y'all? It's your host, Angel Andrina. You want to be on Asian, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. So I'm trying it again. I'm trying again. I'm back on this, you know, trying to meal prep and eat right for the millionth time. Today is like day one. Um, but yeah, like lately, I've just been feeling really weird. You know, I had heartburn um, yesterday, and it's just like, you know, I'm getting so like, like I said, I'm back to my original size, so I'm just like always uncomfortable. Um, and you know, I just don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I'm in the right body. So I just decided today to go to the gym and you know go. Uh, Chris, he he cooked some meal prep meals, you know. I talked about this before, like some chicken and stuff like that. And Ain't yeah. it crazy how quick the weight just comes back on? It's, just, it's crazy to me. I hate it. I hate that yeah. so much. You know, you can be so consistent for just a little while, and then next thing you know, you know, you, you take off for just one month, and you'd be like, God damn, like, how did this happen in a month? You know, a month and a half. Like, it'd be crazy. So, yeah, but you, you lost it real quick, too, you know, and you still have, you know, three weeks before Vegas. The four weeks, almost a month before Vegas. So, if you legit stay on your shit like you did last time in these next four weeks, you'll be back down, you know, and looking right and tight for Vegas. So, and just and just keep in mind, there's some fine motherfuckers there. You fine now, but it's some real fine motherfuckers. So get that shit together. <laughs> you got you. We, we all gotta be eye candy, okay? Um, nothing much. So my mom, she's um. She had bought me a couple items and stuff to make me feel a little bit comfortable, like clothing and stuff like that. And um, and I'm like, and, and so she calls me like, "Have you? Are you on the phone with your little sister right now?" And this literally happened less than ten minutes ago. And I'm like, "No, I'm prepping for the show." And then she was like, "Um, oh well, I was buying some sweatpants and and, and a couple shirts and stuff like that for later on." Woo woo woo. And your sister, she calls me like. Oh, you buy, you buy, you bought everybody something but me. And so my mom was like, so I had to put a couple things back so I can get her some stuff. Like, don't be a little bitch, okay? I don't even understand that. Like, what do you mean? Uh, she bought something, everybody something. Girl, you got paid last week and you just got another check for a few hundred dollars yesterday for back pay from your job. Buy your own shit. Okay, mom spent my mom spent like twenty bucks on a couple things, and you know I was just telling mom like it's not a big deal. I was just like, no, you know it's fine. You know I don't I don't need your body anything, mom. You know it's all good. But but I was just like that's so like my little sister she just gives me my nerves. And I saw a text. I was like, you a little crybaby ass girl. And she, <laughs> no, like no, I'm not laughing. Like it's not funny. Like stop crying about all this shit all the time. When you just got all this money. Okay, like buy your own stuff. So yes, I'm ranting. And I got another story to tell you, motherfuckers. So guess what happened to me yesterday? Okay. I go to Jeanne's favorite Milwaukee taco place, Kudova. Okay? Go to Kudova to get me a freaking burrito. The man there, um, he was the manager. He jumped are you paying attention? Because this is crazy. It's crazy, Jen. I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay. So we go up in the Qdoba, whatever like that. I already had an attitude. Um, I forgot why I had an attitude. I don't know. I'm stupid, obviously, if I forgot. So I go up inside, you know, the store, whatever like that. My husband and my son, they're behind me. And we get up in there. And um, and so I see the guy. And he's like, he's doing his job. 
And I, I guess the, the, the other person, maybe somebody new, their training, he didn't know how to wrap the burrito right. So the um, the manager, he grabbed him a new burrito shell and tossed all the other burrito um, dressing items in, from the inside to the new burrito. Then from there, like, it was, like, a big mess. So he, like, cleaned the mess up real quick before he got to me. So he, he wiped the table down with, like, this, um, this like, piece of tissue and, um, you know, he had, like, the towel to wash it off with, too. But, like, when you, when you, and then he uh, threw the, threw the, the, um, the napkin in the garbage can. And he, like, touched the garbage can when he threw it away. And so, um, but when you looked at the napkin underneath, it was, like, it looked, like, dirty, you know, it looked dirty, obviously, because he was cleaning off the counter. And so, um, and so, he comes, he wipes his hands on his, on his apron. And he is, like, what, what shell can I, or, you know, what? wheat or flour tortilla shell and i said in a, in a voice just like this i said can you change your gloves like that and he was like can you change your attitude bro um so i didn't hear him say can you change your attitude but my husband heard him and it was real sad business he was like what the fuck <laughs> i'm like whoa wait what's going on he was like, you didn't hear what the fuck he just said i ought to beat his ass up i'm like no 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 like Last thing we need is, you know, two black people up in here getting arrested or being called rowdy, and only person that heard it was you and the neighbor and the guy behind you, you know. So like, no. And so my husband was pissed. So he ended up not getting it, and the guy started making my burrito. I I didn't hear him until after he made my burrito. Like, and so he was just like tossing the shit on there, like like a good like two pieces of beans, like two pieces of steak, like just the littlest burrito ever. It was crazy. And like he just threw it down there for the other guy. And so um, I asked the other guy, I was like, what, who, do you guys have a manager on site? He pointed to his ass. I said, oh, la. I said, what's your manager's name? He gave me the manager's name. So I had to contact Jack in the Box to let them know that their uh, management on site is extremely rude. Don't ever tell an employee. Because it's about sanitation. Like, Jen, you work in hospitality. You know how important it is. To wash your hands, and even more so, you shouldn't eat. Nobody should ever have to tell you to wash your hands. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know how long you've had them gloves on for. And you touching the garbage can, you got dirt on your fingers, you touching your filthy ass apron, and you got an attitude like that shit was crazy to me. So it just really pissed me off. And yeah, it's a reporter's ass. So yeah, <laughs> what did you think, Jen? Do you think that's crazy or like? <laughs> what do you mean? What do I think? Of course, it's just crazy. I mean, it's like you use a quiet, like, just like, oh, okay, yeah, bitch, I see that shit all the time. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like clearly if he was, if he was being nasty, he got caught. Like, I remember one time, like, um, back when I used to work at Applebee's, like, one of my homegirls, she had, um, she was, like, sweeping, and mm-hmm. she had, um, she, like, sweeping, like, tables by a section. And I don't know if she went and grabbed somebody's food or something like that. And then uh, the the person was like, "Did you wash your hands?" Because I guess she came out like really fast after the fact. And they were like, "Did mm-hmm. you wash your hands?" She was like, "No." And it's like, "Can you wash your hands?" And she was like, "Yes, yeah, sorry." But it's like, I mean, that's good though. Like that's the type of reaction I would expect. Like, did you wash your hands, sweetheart? You know what I'm saying? Like, and the person being honest, like, "No, I didn't." You know, damn. I mean, it's gross, like, but at least she went back, like, okay, like, damn, this motherfucker asked me if I wash my hands. That shit embarrassing as hell. You know, but she did right. it. She gets some right. attitude. You know, like, this dude, can you change your attitude? What attitude? I don't even have an attitude. You know, so that just had, just made me, just rub me the wrong way. But anyways, y'all, let's go ahead and get into these topics. But before we do get into them. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and of course this podcast from Blog Talk. Send us your confessions at confessions the number two at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. And tag us in the drama. Let us know what topics you guys want to hear. Jen, hit them with that confession question of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Confession <laughs> question. Confession question. How do you have a people consistently wanting a handout? When you've worked hard for what you have, again, how do you handle people who consistently want a handout when you work hard for what you have? Let's get into those confessionals. All right, guys. So we all know Meek Mills and the the bit of 
drama he's been in recently. Well, Meek Mill's two to four year sentencing has been full of strange events. And now the court clerk who slipped the rapper a note asking him for money has been fired. So, yes, there was a a clerk, and she asked Meek Mills for some cash, and uh, it was found out, and she got the boot. So according to a TMZ report, court official says that the clerk, Wanda Sharaba, I'm going to just call her Shabara, that's it, Wanda Shabara, she crossed the line. What would you say, John? Oh, my bad. Oh, I, thought, I thought she was talking shit. My bad. Sorry. So uh, she she crossed the line when she wrote a note asking me for money to help pay for her son's college tuition. She wrote in the note, unfortunately, my with my bad credit, I am unable to secure a loan or co-sign for my son. Anything you can do to help will be very much appreciated. Lawyers for the rapper claim Shavara slipped the note to Meek while she was serving as a clerk for Judge Jenith Brinkley. Shavara says that the judge should not know anything about the note, but the rapper's lawyers say she verbally asked Meek for money while close to the judge. While the clerk being fired is good news for Meek Mills, the rapper recently suffered a minor setback when it was proven that Judge Brinkley did not advocate for the rapper to leave Rock Nation for manager Charlie Mack, an alleged friend of hers. Court documents show that it was actually the probation officer who pushed the rapper to leave his management team for Max, arguing that he would be a good influence on him. In related news, Meek Mills, the Philadelphia artist, recently donated $10,000 to Colin Kaepernick's charity, charity campaign. Following the footsteps of Snoop Dogg, T.I., Chris Brown, and more, Meek made his donation to Youth Services Incorporated, which was matched by Colin Kaepernick for a total of $20,000. Um, despite my brother at Meek Mills' current situation, um, he continues to stay connected in the community of Philly, Kaepernick tweeted. He pledged to go 10 for 10 on my million-dollar pledge. We're both donating 10000 for a combined 20000 to Youth Service Incorporated. Keep staying strong, milk, Meek, <laughs> Meek Milk. I'm sorry, he's not funny. Meek, we love you, brother. We love you, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Brother, we love you. <laughs> I don't. I love you, you know, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I do think that going back to the whole situation with the clerk, um, I do think that she should have lost her job because that was very, you know, unprofessional. I understand, like you feel like this opportunity for you to, um. You know what I'm saying? Help your daughter out, but you know it's, it's other ways. Her son. Her son. You said what? It was her son's college tuition. Yes, sir. But I mean, it's it's other ways that you could handle it. But I think by you know just flat out like passing him the sheet of paper. And I didn't hear if you said it, but like how did how did it get back to the court? Like did he tell yeah. them? Yeah. So it like, it it didn't you know say specifically what happened. Um, only thing it said is that, you know, it, it was insane. I guess. So I'm assuming that me probably, you know, she she slipped in a note. And he was like, looking like, what, what the hell is this? Like, I'm about to go to jail. And you asking me for money? Like, look at this. And showed the lawyer then, you know, she got in trouble. But that's stupid. You're an adult, okay? Like, you, you messed up your credit. Okay, you can't secure yourself alone. All because you can't find ways to do things in your life don't mean you go begging somebody. Like, what did you think? Meek Mill was going to be like, hey, you let me, let me uh, help you out. I'm like, no. Like, he was, no, sweetie. That's dumb. Yeah. So that just, that just made me mad, though, because like Jen said, that is extremely unprofessional. You know, you, you're working, obviously, in a, in a nice courthouse, courtroom, where famous people are coming there, and you risk that by asking somebody for some money, by begging for some girl, get a second job if it's that serious. Like, he can get your son can get a, a, a grant. Like, what are you talking about? I, you know, damn well that was not for her son. You have to do what you have to do, and it's it's one thing if it's just like if the son came up and was like, you know, I want to work for you. You're right, maybe- exactly. You know, but it's just like you outright just begging for the money. I think it's just, mm-hmm. just it's, it's tacky and unprofessional. So, <laughs> definitely. Extremely distasteful. 
Oh, she should have lost her job. Not, not that I think about it. I like, is that a reason? But it definitely, she should have got like a strong reprimand. I'm thinking maybe she had other issues. Jean Othello, are you freaking kidding me? If you're at your job in hospitality, okay, in a fancy restaurant, and you go up to Megan motherfucking good, and you ask Megan good, can she help pay for your tuition because you can't afford college? Do you really think your job is going to allow you to save it? Absolutely yeah, not. Absolutely yeah, right. not. She should have lost her job. You know better. Think twice before you do stupid shit. No. It, hell, if I ask anybody at my job for money, I, I can just imagine. <laughs> I can just imagine a travesty tragedy that I will be in. Okay? So. Finally, <laughs> better have black ass. Just done. Just done. Exactly. Exactly. But you guys, we're going to go ahead and move on to that next topic. All right, y'all. So Monique, she was recently on Roland Martin's show on TV One. She talked the recent fallout with Netflix, um, and that she also does not feel that she is blackballed, but she's also is just not getting what she feels she deserves financially. She feels like she's more so getting like lowballed as far as like number mm-hmm. the numbers that are coming in, which is the reason why she is denying jobs and she is not actively working. Um, she also explained in detail again why she is upset with Lee Daniels, Tyler Perry, and Oprah. She also said that she will work with Lee Daniels again, but she does need a public apology from him and also a conversation um, on a public platform. Um, she also talked to her movie Blackbird, which follows like a coming-of-age story of like a young gay male in the church. She also talked um, working with, um, what is the rapper name, Queen Latifah in the movie, Bestie, but it overall was a good interview. Also, just today, um, she provided receipts on because you know it was the whole thing of people believe that she got like a three million dollar offer, but mm-hmm. she didn't want to audit. Uh, well, she provided receipts saying that yes, yeah, she was only offered five hundred thousand. But anyways, let me get into it. Mm-hmm. And this is from com. It says the Monique versus Netflix saga has gotten interesting. By now, we know the streaming site offered her a lousy five hundred thousand for a comedy special. Uh, since then, celebrities like Jada Pinkett Smith and Wendy Williams have spoken out in support of her fight for equal pay. Now there are reports Mo was actually offered three million. Um, popular influence John Murray addressed the rumor deal, uh, which was first picked up by Rolling Out Magazine, prompting the 50-year-olds provide receipts. And boy, did she ever. On Instagram, she, she provided the actual contract that shows not only did Netflix offer a 500000 but the deal also included parameters that, per, where, that would prevent Mo from any future performances for 24 months. Um, it says, hi, Ricky. This is what the email says. Hi, Ricky, just following up, thanks. Hi, Ricky, I am pleased to send you our proposed terms for Monique. Netflix original comedy special. Please review the terms below and get back to us by the expiration date. Looking forward to hearing from you. Many thanks, Jamal. And um, it says confidential proposal of terms. And it says Netflix original stand-up special featuring Monique artist. One hour special to be shot at a date location to be determined to be approved. Netflix owns copyright programs and controls all exhibition rights. Netflix retains all audio only uh, all audio only rights in into the special and for twelve months after our premiere Monique cannot tape or negotiate with any third party with respect to her next comedy special after twelve months we first negotiate first refusal rights for her next special. For twenty four months after our premiere we asked that Monique not perform to use material from our special in any recorded program. Um then we asked for a First negotiation, first refusal right after the twenty four months in the event. She does not she does want to use the material as well. Elsewhere, Monique gets written and performed by credit, E P credit, um, which is executive producer credit, and the company logo credit. Monique agrees to market promote the special. Um, Netflix retains creative and business controls, including choice of production, company and final cut. For the above, I can offer a talent fee of five hundred thousand with Netflix also covering the production budget budget of three hundred and ten thousand for all in eight hundred and ten thousand. And all terms are confidential to the parties. Not anymore, it isn't. 
Right. But she wasn't lying at all, huh? <laughs> yep, she wasn't lying. I, I I don't know. I thought that the the I thought that her interview with um, Roland it was kind of like how do you say um, just consistent. I, I guess is what I'm, uh, the word I'm, I'm kind of looking for because you know I feel like she she has consistently talked about the same shit for a while now, for years now. You know, talk about her beef with um, Lee Daniels and Oprah Winfrey. She's been talking about this whole Netflix thing for a while now. And, I mean, it's just kind of come becoming personally to me, like, you know, like, consistent. Like, I don't want to really hear about it anymore unless something else come about it, something else gets done. You know, we know that she want a public apology from Lee Daniels. We know about all this stuff. We know about Blackbird. We know about everything that you've been doing recently. So it's like stop talking and having interviews about the same damn thing. But what I didn't know is that um, I'm glad she did provide receipts so people can really stop like, oh, no, she lying, woo-woo. And Netflix, like, they tripping. Now, I do understand some of the terms and agreements in the contract. We asked her not to. Uh, perform the stand-up comedy that she do with us elsewhere unless, you know, she, you know, uh, make sure that she's, you know, talking about us or give us credit, woo-woo-woo. Okay, I understand that, but Netflix, they they acting crazy. They asking for a whole lot just to give her, you know, $500,000. And why does it take $310,000 for production? Like, they playing games. They could have easily offered her. Because if it takes, for Monique, three hundred and ten, can you imagine Amy Schumer and all of them? You know damn well that, you know, with $13 million that they was offered, that, you know, production obviously is probably even going to be not as much. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like she really got played out with them. And um, it sucks. And I hope that she can just move on and find something better, you know. But I really don't want to keep hearing about it. I would say that... I mean, it it is getting like a little overkill, but now like seeing it again, it's like I kind of understand where she's coming from because yeah. clearly she's she's telling the truth. She has yeah. the receipts, saying the same thing verbatim over and over and over. So clearly she's not the one that's lying about mm-hmm. anything. Um, but it just sucks because you know, with the I watched the interview with John Murray, and it's just like you know people do believe that she's difficult, and it's just like, you know, we've heard of, mm-hmm. you know, staff members bad, and you're doing this, this, and that, and it's just like, I don't know what to believe. It's like, are they making up these rumors about her? Or because and the stuff, like, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't put it past anybody just coming up with stuff out there as, you know, but him providing sources and, you know, saying that he is a journalist and everything, it's like, it, it does make him more credible, but it's just like with her saying, what exactly took place time and time again the same exact way and why she has issues with each of these people. It's just like, damn. And it, it's to the point where it's just like, why won't they just somebody, Lee Daniel, Tyler Perry, or Oprah, just come out and just be like, look, we were wrong, we understand, but you know how they this pride. goes. They pride where they really just don't give a damn. Yeah, they probably just don't, they probably just don't give a damn. She might be in the way, uh, like John Martin. <laughs> But, I mean, it's just to the point of I can understand both sides. It's like you are getting this Oscar, you know, which is going to, you know, which should have blown up your career, and you should have just took off and became like a super A-list, you know, actress, you know. But she's like, I only got paid 50000 for the film, and I only had contracts with Lee Daniels. He's the one that's receiving everything from this movie. I'm not receiving anything besides an accolade, you know, so I, I can see both sides' frustration, you know. But I just, Hell yeah, uh, maybe mad too. But you got to read over them contracts. You said what? I said that would have made me mad too, but that's, what, that's a reason why you have to read over your contract. If, you know, you produce, if somebody's producing this movie and stuff like that, you got to make sure that, you know, yeah, you came up with all this script, whatever the case is, but, you know, you got to make sure well, that you're getting the amount, you know what I'm saying, that done. you deserve. Huh? The movie, the movie was done before it got sold to Sundance, you know, and everything. That it, okay. it, it, she was not part of any kind of contractual obligation. She had nothing, nothing oh, to well? do with the once it was sold, 
you know, but it was well. a good look promoted. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I can see both sides, but I, I do wish, like I was saying, I wish they would come to some sort of agreement because I do want uh, Monique is a great talent, and I would love to see her, you know, on television in more movies, you know, because she's really good. She she is she's she's amazing, you know, at what she does. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic. Okay, guys, so this is a a crazy one. Wendy Williams has dis- discussed sexual harassment accusations against celebrities on the Wendy Williams show, but in a bombshell lawsuit, the talk show host and her husband were once sued for the very same offense. RaiderOnline.com can reveal exclusive details and the outcome of the explosive 2008 lawsuit. So, this happened 10 years ago. In a lawsuit obtained by the United States District Court, Southern District of New York, Nicole Spence sued Inner City Broadcast Corporation, Wendy Williams and her husband, Kevin Hunter, on June 11, 2008, for unlawful employment practices and discriminatory treatment, harassment, and unlawful retaliation against the plaintiff. During Spence's employment on the radio show, The Wendy Williams Experience, she claimed she was forced to work in a hostile environment based on her gender. Plaintiff has been degraded as a woman subjected to vulgar acts, sexual harassment, repeatedly sexual proposition, verbally abused, called a stupid fucking bitch, cursed, yelled at, physically threatened with violence, the complaint claimed. Spence, who was employed in August of 2004, was promoted to a talent producer in May of 2006, claimed that her written and verbal complaints regarding the unlawful conduct caused the company and Wendy Williams to retaliate against her. She alleged that she was stripped of her material job duties and was physically threatened and nearly attacked by Wendy Williams. She claimed the company executive paid for her husband, Hunter, and at the time his girlfriend to go to go to company paid uh, company employees to go with company employees on trips to Puerto Rico, Jamaica, and other places. Um, as claims report, Hunter has reportedly been hiding a secret affair with the massage therapist, Sharina Hudson, for years, but Williams, she denied that rumor, and we talked about that a few months ago. Um, she claimed that he would scream obscenities at Spence, and that he would target females employees, female employees by calling them bitches. She alleged that he openly called her a bitch, a fucking bitch, a stupid bitch, a whore, a motherfucker, and a dumbass. She claimed Hunter repeatedly sexually propositioned her at work, telling her over and over again he wanted to fuck her. He called Miss Spence on the phone all hours of the night and told her that he had been dreaming about sleeping with her, the suit alleged. Defendant Hunter also told Miss Spence that she had a big butt um, and she was going to be a hot bitch, and that she needed a real man, and the defendant Hunter often asked who she was fucking. Um, when she continued to reject his advances, he reportedly told a male employee that she would not fuck him because there must be something wrong with her pussy. She alleged on one occasion, the defendant Hunter openly physically abused Wendy Williams, pinning her to the wall with his hand around her neck, choking her while repeatedly pounding his fist into the wall directly behind her because she had been smoking cigarettes. Spence claimed that Hunter punched Wendy Williams in the face, violently attacked her in a parking lot used by company employees. Defender Hunter also physically threatened to commit violence against Ms. Spence in the office, the report alleged. Hunter charged at Ms. Spence while threatening to inflict physical harm on her, which caused Ms. Spence to further fear for her safety at the company. She also claimed that Hunter asked a male employee to help her find someone to kill radio personality Tarsha Jones. She alleged Wendy Williams asked the same individual to help her get someone to kill her husband. Spence alleged a male employee confided in her about having to have sex with Wendy Williams out of fear that he would lose his job if he refused to do so. The same employee claimed that he was forced to listen to Wendy Williams masturbate on the phone at nighttime. When Spence made complaints about the treatment, she accused Wendy Williams of trying to, attempting to blackball her and destroy her reputation in the industry. And in Wendy Williams and Hunter's response to the complaint, they denied the allegations against him. The case was suddenly dismissed with prejudice 
meaning that it can't be refiled on October 22, 2008. Smith and her attorneys declined to comment on the outcome of the case to radar. Woo! Jean, did, is this a lie or what? Why do you think the case is dismissed? My goodness, I, what do you think was going on here? Right, it sounds like a bunch of mess and a bunch of grossness. <laughs> um, I definitely have heard of Gavin Hunter being abusive to Wendy Williams. I, I've heard of that rumor. Um, and as far as, like, you know, we talked about him having affairs and kind of speaking publicly about it. And, I mm-hmm. mean, it would make sense why she abused on, you know, like R. Kelly and, you know, sexual assault and this whole Me Too movement. And she wants it to go away because, I mean, it would kind of block what she's doing. You know, if she's, you know, being unprofessional with her staff and her husband's being unprofessional with their staff, you know, but... I mean, it's a lot of grossness. When, I mean, when, what is it, when is this article from, you know, and why haven't they produced the case? Right, yeah, exactly. So I guess all of this shit took place in 2008. So they kept it very well hidden for 10 years, you know, almost 10 years now, which is insane. But I, I definitely believe more than, I mean, you don't just come out talking and saying this type of stuff and, you know, I, I I believe like it's just too much. It's just too much information for it to be, you know, made up. And so it's crazy. And, and Wendy Williams wanted her husband killed. And oh my goodness, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And I also wonder too if because the case was dismissed, I'm assuming the case was dismissed because a lot of this is just hearsay. You know, like she didn't really have anything to back up everything that was going on. But she probably like wrote it down or something like that. Um, but dang, I, I wonder, like, you know, had she recorded some stuff or whatever, could she have gotten a, could she have gotten a, you know, pay for this? Because this is crazy. And I often wonder, too, why did she stay at a position that treated her so, so disgusting? You know, that's crazy to me. I mean, maybe she was just trying to get on, or maybe she, you know, she knew Wendy Williams was, you know, known in the industry, so she was just like, okay, I'm going to deal with the harassment for a little bit, but, you know, but really, your boss husband coming up to you, I want to fuck, I want to like, no, what are you talking about, you know, like, that's crazy, that's crazy to me, and he was just OC, like, he sounds he sound like he's very aggressive, you know, so, mm-hmm. And that's the man she's still with today, ain't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, she's getting punched in her eyeball. Mm-hmm. She's getting punched mm-hmm. out. Well, did you have anything else to say about this disgustingness? No, no besides it's disgusting, and I'm disappointed <laughs> in Hunterville. <laughs> I'm Hunter- disappointed. <laughs> you say everything's fine in Huntersville, honey. I'm disappointed in Huntersville, okay? That's it. All right. Exactly. We're disappointed in Huntersville, y'all. All right, ladies, and this is the last topic. According to VLADTV.com, Ayanna Jackson says that after her first encounter with Tupac, uh, they hung out on several occasions. On one of those nights, she alleges that she was sexually assaulted by Tupac and a number of his associates. She details the incident, revealing that she went to Tupac's hotel suite where Haitian Jack, Charles Fuller, and Trevor were also present. Jackson says after some drinks and conversation in the living room area of the hotel suite, she accompanied Tupac to an adjacent bedroom where he asked her to give him a massage. From there, Ayanna reveals that she straddled Pac and as she rubbed his shoulders, men from the living room entered the bedroom. The rapper then allegedly grabbed her by her hair extensions, making her unable to move as the men commented on her physical appearance. Um, she then proceeded to try to release herself from the grip and ask what was going on. However, she remembers making direct eye contact with Pot as he whispered, relax, relax, baby. These are my boys. I like you so much, I decided to share you with them. She responded seemingly triggered by the memory, I don't want this. I came here for you. This is not what I want. The man ripped her black dress and pantyhose off, and she states that at some point during the ordeal, Tupac left the room after first having sex with her. 
Um, at some point, she escaped the room by mentally detaching herself as the remaining men, Haitian Jack and possibly Trevor, took turns having their way um, with her. She ends her recollection, recollection noting that she believes Char- Charles Fuller's is the only one who did not rape her that night. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. Wow, you should know the story about, you know, the whole watch Tupac with the prison for, like, allegedly raping this woman and getting accused of raping her. Nope. Yeah, so were you able to watch the interview? What did you think about everything? No, I didn't watch the interview. I think it's sad overall. I think that, you know, it should it sucks when you, you go in there. You know, she liked Tupac. I'm sure she didn't go there and expect Tupac. I'm sure she went there to have sex, you know, with Tupac, but I'm sure she didn't expect that his boy was going to be there in the hotel room, you know, and, oh, thank you so much. I want to share you. Like, what the hell? Like, okay, well, now I don't want to have sex with you no more. I'm not feeling you no more. And, like, why are you allowing your guys to rape me? Like, that's crazy. So I think that it's sad business and, you know, you just never know where life is going to take you. I'm sure she's a stronger woman because of that. She's more aware and she's not going inside certain situations that, you know, uh, consist in, you know, small rooms or meetings like such. And she, I'm sure she has a lot of trust issues, too, you know, because she had hung out with him prior, too. So that's sad. You know, it sucks. And um, uh, I don't know. That's just bad. It's never good to hear about anybody being raped, you know, especially gang rape. That's just. I don't even want to think about it. What is what well, is your thoughts on it? If that was the case, and if she was raped, it is unfortunate and it is sad. So you think she's lying? But for watching the interview, in my honest opinion, and I really tried to have empathy for her, you know, <laughs> because I am a fan of Tupac. I'm not the biggest fan in the world. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I don't know every one of his records. You know what I'm saying? I was too young to really follow him. You know, people that I was around, like my family, definitely were big fans of him. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it just because he is this iconic person if he did rape this woman or was involved in raping, you know, this woman. But in my honest opinion, I do believe that she was lying. Just how she was kind of bouncing, you know, around everything. You know, she would say one thing and she was just like, and then she was like, yeah, you know, I was on top of him. It, it got to a point where we didn't, we weren't even having sex, and they came in the room. I was just massaging him, kind of straddling him. And then mm-hmm. he said that at, at one point, like, they were having sex, and the people came in the room, and she thought they were just grabbing something, and she didn't think nothing of it, which is why she kept going. Um, and then Wait, she was what? like, Are you serious right now? Yeah, yeah. And then she was like, At one point, um, that only having sex with Tupac. And, and the other people took advantage of her, and somehow he left the room, but she don't remember him leaving the room because, you know, she was getting raped, and, you know, it was just, like, all over the place. And then she tried to make herself cry, you know, oh and look, like, hurt. And it was just like, girl, like, fucking relax. You know, it was just like, you could just see it. Like, and, you know, because B-Lab, if you watch his interviews, he'll ask you the same question different ways to see if you say the exact same thing. But it's like clearly the girl was lying. You know what I'm saying? And it and it's fucked up because, you know, I was reading the comments, and it's so true. Like, this is what – this was the catalyst of why he ultimately died. You know what I'm saying? Like, she said he raped her, said his boys raped her, and he got locked up for it. You know, um, he started talking shit about Haitian Jack, or I don't know how that whole situation happened, but Haitian Jack people is the reason why he, you know, the whole debacle in the studio where he said he was shot, but, you know, but coming back saying that, you know, he shot himself. We will never really know what really happened because we weren't in the room and we can't really attest to who's lying and who's telling the truth, um, which also went on to, you know, him actually getting arrested and um, getting bailed out and signing death row, you know, becoming mm, like this. And then ultimately that being the cause of his demise. You know, and it was just all because, you know, uh, but because I was watching after I watched the interview, it was his, uh, one of his close friends, Gunzo, I believe is his name. And um, 
he was saying that he did talk to Tupac about it, and it was the fact of she was obsessed with him, like she was in love with him, and she thought by them hanging out like they were like a couple, and she was down for whatever, and they ran a train on her. And maybe, you know, her realizing that while she was, I mean, that's what I probably think. She probably was embarrassed after the fact or, or doing it, and, or it may have gotten a little out of hand. But I do, I do think that how she's trying to portray it is not how it happened. Because it was even like when she was like, um, when they first met, you know, they say that she, she gave the, the, the man head in the club. And she says that she didn't give him head in the club. And it's just like, why are you lying about? She's like, I just kissed his dick. Like, and it's just like, why what? are you lying? About? I'm so stupid. Like, so, so starting off, you're already lying. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks because it's like women like this, like, is the reason why people have a hard time believing um, sexual abuse victims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Many that lie for the dumbest shit, for embarrassment, or for personal gain, or for you know um, being jealous, and you know it's. Or it's a simple fact of, I don't know what was going through my mind. If I can't have you, I don't want anybody to have you type shit, you know. And it's just like, clearly this woman was not telling the truth. And I'm kind of disappointed and be last for giving her the platform. Maybe he did want to hear her out, you know, and just see what she meant. But it's just like, he should have caught her out for lying or he shouldn't have aired the interview. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, clearly the girl was not telling the truth, you know, and it's fucked up. In my honest opinion. But, yeah. yeah, that sounds crazy. That sounds wow. Mm, I just kissed his dick. Mm, mm, mm. Just that's a lot right there, girl. Just stop. Right. Just stop. All right, y'all. That kind of girl. Go ahead, if you you're not that kind of girl, it's like why would you even like kiss his dick? Like you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, so she give... is that kind of girl. <laughs> Yeah, like you wouldn't even if you would have moved your head, you'd be like, uh, "Nigga, relax, like, let go of my head." Like, I'm saying, but no, exactly. you were probably slobbing on his knob in the middle of the club because that's the kind of girl you are, you know. You he knew you was a freak. Y'all fucked a few times. He wanted to see because his boy's probably looking at you too. He wants to see if he was down. You were down, and it got out of hand. That's that's what I feel. You know what I'm saying? But it's like telling a nigga with a hard dick, which doesn't make it excusable to chill out while y'all fucking, you know, I'm sure it's probably hard to do. So. Right. For her and him, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. Well, guys, that's all for the evening. We're going to get ready and go ahead and get into that uh, young confessional Question of So, confession question of the day. How do you handle people consistently wanting a handout when you worked hard for what you have? Jen, is there anybody in your life that's like, oh, I need some help, or I need some money, or can you loan me this or do that for me? And you looking like, bitch, uh, I have bills today, too. What are you doing? <laughs> um, actually, I think about it now. Because I think, like, my family knows overall that I'm just not, you know, you're not saying that. Just usually for well, money. Have like, you ever been like that before? Where, like, maybe you were younger and people thought they could take advantage of you because you were so young? Maybe. Maybe. Like, just like, a, let me get $10 and not give it. Like, just dumb shit. Let me get And then, you know, they never pay you back. Mm-hmm. Um, shit like that. But, uh, no, it's just like, I mean, it's not like once in a while somebody doesn't call me to ask anything. But I'm not opposed to that if I know it's, like, really hard and you do need it. But it's just, like, you're not going to be you. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to come to a point where you can't take care of yourself and I'm taking care of you or you always looking Mm. at me to, you know, get shit done, so to speak. I know who to call on when I'm in a a funk. I'm just kidding. You better call on your husband. You said do what? I said, I know who to call on when I'm in a funk, and I laughed, and I was like, you better call on your husband. That is how I feel like. You got, if you clearly got a man in your life that can help you out, and he's not helping you out, like, you know what I'm saying, not not you per se, but, you know, I just know uh, people who, like, got a no-good-ass baby dad, 
and they're asking somebody else for help, and it's just like, no, you need to go depend on that nigga, you know what I'm saying, that you're staying with to do something, to get to work. You know, that's just how I feel. But I don't know, have you been in situations like that? I have. I have. Um, I do remember specifically one time where one of my older cousins, um, she asked me for something, and I was like, it's, okay, I got two situations, actually. One involving me and one involving my husband. So my cousin asked me, can I um, can I come in and rent a U-Haul truck for her? And I was thinking, like, and, like, put the U-Haul truck in my name? Like, pay for the U-Haul truck on my credit card? Like, well, with my debit card? Like, girl, no. You know, but I was like, um, I had just had my baby, my uh, Giovanni, and I was just like, thinking, like, no, like, I'm not, and she was just like, come on, cuz, come on, cuz, it's all up, I've been there for you, and I'm thinking, like, bitch, when, when have you been there for me, like, and so I was so upset that, um, I called my mom, I was just like, and I'm like, I was 22 years old, I'm like, mom, you know, so-and-so, she's asking me, can I come all the way over to the U-Haul place and rent a U-Haul on and mom's like, hell no, <laughs> tell her I said no, like, Calling back like my mom said I can't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like I think that was crazy. Like how you going? And then she she was like, well, don't worry, we already got some. I'm like, well you should. You are if I'm 22, you're 36 or maybe maybe not. 30, you're 33 or 34. Like why are you asking your little cousins to come and rent a U-Haul truck for you? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. So that's one situation. It was another situation where my my husband. One of his friends that he talked to once a year, maybe twice a year, that he called him up out the blue, out the damn blue, like, bro, I need, I need some help. I need you to co-sign on a house for me. What? Oh. <laughs> what? Like, dude, and I'm just gonna be honest. Like, this is the same nigga that used to steal bus passes out of my husband's pants pocket. Okay. <laughs> like. Straight steal bus passes. Huh? You used to steal what? Bus passes from my husband's pants pocket. Like, mine oh. was like a teenager, like, you know, 19, 20 years old. No, before then. It was way before then, actually. My husband was like 18, yeah, like 17, 18 years old. He, they, they all, like, had, like, a place together. And he would, like, sneak in his room at nighttime. And he would, like, go in his pants pocket and steal his bus pass. And, like, one time my husband said he caught him. He was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he was, oh, man, I was just, I was looking for something. You know, like, straight still in his damn bus pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. But, yeah, he randomly called him up, like, I don't know, this was actually recently. Like, maybe a year or two ago. Maybe about two or three years ago. And it was just like, yeah, I need to co Yeah, because he was married already. I'm like, I need you to co-sign in the house. He was like, like, I'm married. What are you talking if I kind of close out on anything, that, that my wife is attached to that. Like, no. Like, you know, why can't you close out on your own damn house? You know, like, and then he got mad at my husband. Wow. Like, why are you mad? You are a grown-ass man asking another grown-ass man to co-sign on a whole entire house. That if something happens to that damn house, it's going to be in our name. We're going to have to pay for that. You crazy. You are so crazy. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. No friend, I feel like no real friend would ever ask you to do some shit like that. Co-sign on a, you might as well, co-sign on a house. Co-sign on a $750,000 loan. Like, like, co-sign on a house, co-sign on a car, co-sign on anything. You know what I'm saying? That's what they'd be, if you ask them all like $100 or some shit like that, man. You know, I'm going to be a little annoyed, but I'm be like, okay, clearly you need it. Like, but, yeah, this is something that's, like, consistently that if you can't pay it, clearly if you can't, if you don't have the credit now where you need a co-signer or a house on cards, clearly you're not sorry that's consistent enough to even have, <laughs> be paying a mortgage or be paying a car note because I'm sure you're going to be late, and that's going to end up falling back on me, and I'm going to have to pay for that shit, and I don't even live in the motherfucker, so why would I do that? Why? <laughs> Exactly. And he act like he didn't understand. And my husband hadn't even talked to him at that time for like six or seven months. And he just called him out the blue like, I need you to co-sign in the house. Like, what? Wow. He's, yeah, he's rough. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That's, that's dumb. That This is a dumb conversation. 
You know, I remember even, like, even with family, they're like, sometimes you just got to watch out. Like, I know one time I remember my sister, she even wanted me to, and she's my only sister, but she wanted me to um, go to, like, Rent-A-Center and rent a car that she was going to be driving for a week in my name. Girl, hell no. Shit. You just got into three accidents this year. Absolutely not. You know, she was a little saucy by it, but I'm like, like, no, Angelina, I'm not renting you a car in my name from Rent-A-Center. Like, you cannot drive. Like, you literally got into three accidents in these last couple of years. No. Like, no, Angelina. It's winter outside. It's snowing. Like, I can imagine. And then tell me why. As <laughs> soon as we got out the car, because we were face-to-face when she was talking to me about it, because she wanted to try and ask me in my face, like, I was going to say yes or something. Like, she got out the car. Dude, she slammed the shit out of my door. And it was by accident, too. She slammed the, She opened up the door. I guess it was, like, squunched. And she, like, hit the other car right next to our car, like, with my door. And, like, put, like, this dent in, like, that person's car. I was like, oh, my God. Like, Angelina, look what you did to that car. She was like, hey, girl, it ain't that bad. This is exactly why I'm not getting no damn car for you in my name. Look look at this shit. Look, you messing up my car. You messing up their car. <laughs> she, was, she was not happy about that. I was like, damn, she just opened, just threw the door open. Boom. I'm like, girl, what is you doing? So, but you know what's funny? It's like my mom, and I, I get that from my mom because she always would be like, "No, I don't." Like when we would ask her for like shit, like back in the day, like toe sign on a car or anything, mm-hmm. she's like, "Like, I don't do that, like at all. You're not fucking up my credit. No, like you better figure a way out to get it done. But I don't toe sign for shit. And it's like I understand her now because it's like I won't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm never. Don't ask me for. Don't ask me to go on home. Like ever. <laughs> Shit. Like, I, 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 I recently I really, been doing a co-sign, and that's it. Though I co-signed on my husband's car that he has. My husband co-signed on my car that I have. And it's funny because it's like my husband credit was better. Well, we're married too, but my husband credit was better when we got my car. So it looks like my car is his car, but I paid a note, and my credit was better when we got his car. So it looks like his car is my car. <laughs> so this is real funny, but he pays the note. So yeah, but only thing I think that's that's it. Like obviously I'm co-signing with shit on my husband because I plan on being with his ass, you know what I'm saying, for the rest of my life. But like friends, you know, family members that I know is not gonna pay shit back. People who are unreliable. Like, mm-mm, girl, don't have to co-sign on shit. You ain't got no car insurance either. Uh-uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I know how all of that shit it works, and it's not sweet. <laughs> Gotta think smart. But, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, when my son get older, mm-hmm, he gonna be like, oh, mom, can you? Nope. What we gonna do? We finna get you a job. But I'm hoping I can set my son up right so he won't need us to co-sign on anything. He can just worry about focusing on going to school and stuff like that, not have to worry about, you know, like, needing to buy. So, I don't know. I might buy him a car. A trapper. A little trapper, but you know, I had to start off with a trapper, five hundred dollars. You heard me? So, yeah. <laughs> for real, Chevy Nova eighty eight. For any of those, I think my children are old enough to drive. Like I definitely, they're not gonna have like super fancy cars, but they definitely gonna have something that's gonna. Right, because why would you? They might, you know, why would you? Like, like kids with Marcus. Get up like no beat up shit either though. Like they gonna have like a whatever year it is Kia, like a twenty thirty one Kia, like you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like Kia Rio, just something to last them through like from high school on to like um, you know, past grad school, you, you know, to get their own shit. <laughs> yeah. But are you gonna be paying a note and shit too? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I mean, but it's like they. I think they would consistently have to, like, be busy. Like, you're not gonna just be smoking weed and chilling. Mm-hmm. And I'm paying a, you fucking hustles. Like, no, like, ball practice or baseball practice. You know, what I'm saying or doing plays or playing tennis, whatever you decide, or you know, student government where you like can't, you literally can't work because it's like you either focus on school or these extracurriculars that you're not getting paid for, you know, but uh-uh. Other than that, nigga, no, you're going to have to get a job. But, <laughs> it, I, you know your kids, so if I had a child that was waiting for like, anyways, I wouldn't be buying no car for her, so, yeah. Mm. 
I hear you on that. I don't know what's gonna happen with Giovanni because uh, in a minute he he seems like the type that don't like to listen. He gonna, gonna turn around. He gonna be 16 years old. I'm like, Dad, you still like listening? Go and get this room clean. No car. No car for you. <laughs> I'm talking about just like a kid. No car. Forget it. <laughs> All right, y'all. We've been hearing going to that. Uh, what we're confessing our love for this evening. So, guys, I want to confess my love for this evening, my lovely Black History Month. It is so lovely to be back in Black History. You know, of course, like always, they give us the shortest month, but guess what? It is A-OK because it's just, it's a part of me. It's a part of us. It's a part of confession session. And I, I am happy, though, you know. I feel like last month was, like, two months long. I feel like 30, January had 60 days in it. And um, I'm just glad that it's February 1st. And, yeah, like, on our next show, I'm going to have, like, a little something-something for y'all, you know, as far as Black History Month. But I just want to say welcome to February 1st, Black History Month, everybody. Jean, what are you confessing your love for this evening? So, it's funny because we're, like, on the same exact page. I figured, because last year, you know, February, we did, you know, people that are historic figures or people that have made strides that we may not necessarily know. So for this month, I want to confess my love for people that are on the way up, you know, black people out here doing it, doing it big, being classy, making moves. But So anyways, I want to start mine off with I'm confessing my love for it's this new app. And it actually is um, the people that created it are actually here in Durham, North, Durham, North Carolina. I found out about it though to uh, Ra Ali because she's like one of the spokespeople for Rashida Ali. But the name of it is called Folk Hub. I need you to download this app too um, once you we get up to air because you, we have to take over this app. We have to be popping on this app, not just playing. But anyway, Folk Hub. <laughs> group-based uh, media engagement platform that gives users the ability ability to create or join public or private rooms around trending topics or areas of interest. What makes Spoke Hub different? A Spoke Hub's innovative technology and ability to provide safe places for users, um, or as we say on the website, it says, uh, to express their views with like-minded individuals. Um, this Durham-based tech company, Welcome Hubsters, on June 8th of 2017, and is available for download in all Apple, App, or Google Play stores. Spoke Up will allow more effective and engaging communication with hubsters throughout the globe while providing opportunities for business and celebrities to have direct access to fan base with rapid and the analytics offered to fan users for targeted marketing. Um, so basically, it put me in the mind. I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty cute. Um, it's like Instagram meets IG messaging. So it's like something that's constantly moving. So, you know, it's like Insta DMs were perfectly. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were to go and like a messenger and you could just sit and communicate. But it's like it's like a it's, it's literally like a mass group message on certain topics. You know, so today I started the podcast. You know, I don't have any people in it yet, but I figure, you know, after this show airs, we can post the show in there, we can start a conversation, you know, okay. go from there. But um, also I also want to talk about three creators who are two black men. Uh, one of them is uh, Robert Hart. He's the chief executive officer of um, Spoke Up. And Robert has decades of leadership experience within the software industry. He is a high-integrity leader known for his ability to create a compelling vision to build and develop successful teams, and Robert is responsible for leading all facets of the social media platform, which, like I said, is headquartered here. And also, John McAdory, and he is the chief strategy officer, and he spent the last 15 years working in global clinical development in the pharmaceutical biotech industry. John is known for his strong work ethic, integrity, and leadership skills, whether working with Fortune 500 companies or startup biotech firms. John has held leadership roles in development, risk management, project planning, and execution. So I think this is just really super dope, super amazing, because we have two black men who are starting a social media app. And the fact that it's here where I fucking live, 
I'm telling y'all, like the triangle is popping. Like I, I already said, it's number two. We talked about it before on the show, but it's number two for successful Black Americans. But it really is a move, and I'm so proud to see people where I live actually out here doing it. So make sure if you listen, download the Smoke Up app, and we have to get this shit going. You know what I'm saying? Just like we can be on Instagram and Facebook, we can be on Smoke Up too. We can be on shit for us. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm confessing my love for. Spoke and up. Jen, you said it's called Spoke Up? Spoke Up. S-P-O-K-E-H-U-B. Oh, Spoke, spoke Hub. Up. Yes. Okay, you guys. You guys got it. Spoke Hub, not Spoke Up. Spoke Hub. All right, Jen. Well, thank you so much for letting us know about this awesome app. I'm going to go ahead and get that downloaded immediately. Okay, immediately. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in this evening. You all can expect to hear us next Sunday, February 4th, at the same time, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. And we want to hear from you, so send us those emails at confessions of number two, us at gmail.com. And don't forget, like, comment, rate, and subscribe, and tag us in the drama. This is your host, Angel Van Grana. and you are Good night. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.